Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Your hair is very long. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, we're a day late. People will know this if you're listening to us on the day that you came out, this came out, whatever's you happening. Came out, you came the day out. that me. you came out. I hope if you did come out that it went well. Uh, but because I thought yesterday was Tuesday and yeah. it was Wednesday, I, on, I went the entire length of the day <laughs> and there were multiple clues along the way, like because it's, it's like people were taking their bins in or whatever. And even like my pill box with my my various vitamins that I take <laughs> that to stay youthful. That I'm very dubious. It could be it could be poison. It, I could be poisoning myself. I like I had Thursdays and I'm like, huh, must have eaten two in a day. Didn't think that like maybe it. <laughs> I just didn't. So that is the mental state we're both in currently right now. Head it was until Colling's message me was like podcast, and I'm like. My first thought was, we record tomorrow. It's good that he's ahead of the game. Don't it get is, me wrong. Yeah, that he knows the day of the week. But I literally <laughs> did not know the length of the day, that what day it was. Hello to new listeners. This is Hello. Suggestible Pod, a podcast where we suggest things to you. My name is Claire. James is over there. And we both forgot the date. We did. Uh, we suggest things and we're married. And at the moment we're living in a very strict lockdown in Melbourne Every day is Groundhog Day and it's a lot. Every day is Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> we don't know. Sometimes it's Wednesday, then Tuesday. Who knows? Who knows? On Sunday we found out they're going to be extending the lockdown. Yeah, that's so good. We, li- we lived at level three for three weeks and yep. then they were like, actually, no, it's not working. We're going to restart yep. the six-week lockdown. But much worse. But much worse with the curfew. Yep. So we can't leave our house from 8 p.m. Do people already know this? Why am I telling you? I don't know. Anyway, 8 p.m. till 5 a.m. Not that that matters. We have kids, so oh God, anyway. we'll dilute. Yeah. yeah, and there's loads of other restrictions. But basically you can only leave your house one hour a day um, and then only one person from your household can go to the shops to yep, get stuff. really good. You can't have anyone in your can't house. Can't leave. Like, do you say the five-kilometre thing? Oh, yeah, five-kilometre radius. You have to wear masks. Anyway. So. I've been pushing that just and a little bit. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Give a shit. Oh, Lord. He's going to catch me. A He's drone. A rogue. He's got maybe. No I one's coming seeing, out. I keep seeing police helicopters circling. What? They're going to land in a field <laughs> and be like, actually, you're seven kilometers. Yeah. When I put pushing it, I mean, I might do six or seven. Like, I'll get a red rooster. I checked on the map. It's like, might be longer or whatever. Give a shit. Who cares? Anyway, we suggest things. Let's suggest some things. Correct. Uh, other than going like breaking the law. <gasps> oh my goodness. Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you doing? What do? What's up? All right. Okay. So I have recently discovered uh, something wonderful. An artist, a particular artist, that's really wonderful. Oh my goodness. I know. You know when that happens and you fall down a rabbit hole and you think, how have I never listened to more of this particular thing or watched this particular thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes, okay. So it's a wonderful experience. It is. So Kev Carmody is an Australian treasure. Um, he wrote, co-wrote From Little Things, Big Things Grow with Paul Kelly, yeah. um, arguably one of our most iconic Australian songs about Indigenous land rights. And I knew Kev through that song. Yes. And I, I've seen him around. Oh, I thought I you vaguely... knew him because, like, the way you spoke to me, like, I knew Kev. No, I vaguely. I knew him through a friend of a friend. I had an idea about him being a folk singer and obviously very talented, but I just had never actually listened to his music, um, shockingly. So Kev is releasing a new album, well, a reimagined album, mm. and so I had a listen I'm just blown away. His music is part of the bedrock of Australian culture, I think. And his songs speak of the Indigenous experience of history. Um, ah. They're ballads of injustice and land rights, freedom, incarceration, and the darkness that exists at the heart of a lot of um, colonisation. Yeah, right. But they're also love songs. They're love for country. Um, you, were you listening to that before longing. when yeah. I was in? Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah, yeah, about romance and joy. And I just, I just fell in love with listening to his music, um, and it feels like coming home. Yeah. You know, that kind of feeling of sitting around a campfire with old friends, like watching the moon with a good cuppa. And it, they're just deeply moving stories about grief and death, poverty, oppression and racism. Is this out yet? Um, yeah, it is out now. Yeah. So you can find it on Spotify um, and it's also out on vinyl as well as um, oh, a yeah. double-sided album. So it was previously released in 2007 but they've re-recorded some of the songs with um, some more contemporary Did it get artists. much traction then? I don't know. I'm yeah. assuming it would It would have. Yeah. Um, I'm not really on the pulse of anything but no, uh, no I, hadn't, I haven't heard of it yet. No, so um, the stellar roll call of artists honouring Kev's work include obviously Paul Kelly, mm-hmm. Courtney Barnett, one of my faves, you Archie Roach, Barnett. Yep. Um, Bernard Fanning from Powderfinger, which is another great Australian brand, John Butler, Augie March, Electric Fields, um, Claire Bowditch, Casey Chambers, Kate Miller-Heike. These are some names. Yeah, Troy Cassadaly, just uh, Missy Higgins, just the list goes on. Just incredible songs and the covers are really incredible as well. Though some of the songs I prefer Kev's voice singing them, I think. You yeah, can right. hear him through. His voice is just so grounding and his life story is really interesting too. So he was born in Cairns to an Irishman, Francis John Carmody, or he was otherwise known as Bull Carmody because he was just kind of this really imposing kind of sight, had a lot of size and strength. Mm. And he married Kev's mum who is an Indigenous woman called Bonnie, but it was illegal at that time for them to get married. Right, and so yep, they yep. went and got married in Cairns and kind of hid out really and had That's two so kids. crazy. I was know. It not even that long ago. No, it's really not that long ago. What, um, Kev would be in his 70s now. So Isn't that like that idea that like you <laughs> – Yes, you look slightly different, so you can't. Like that's fucking insane. Yeah, like I know it's. it's I know now it's kind of like take for granted. You know that. You know that's all in the past or whatever. But it's it's crazy. It's crazy, and I think that's why this album and just deep diving into Kev's work is such an important thing to do for an education in our history and a reminder um, of what. Um, indigenous people have been through in this country, but also more broadly um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. And Paul talks about in an interview that um, his songs are just as relevant today as they were when he first wrote them. Um, Isn't that the yeah. – because the, you look at a band for a lack of a better example, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> they're not – I mean, no, no, but I'm saying like to write something timeless, it's uh, – 
I, I don't know if you can you do, can you do it intentionally. Like it seems like incredibly difficult to do. You well, know I, I mean? think what's interesting about Kev is that he didn't actually start recording songs what, until he, he was in his forties. What, what what is it about? What makes them timeless? Is it the style? Is it the themes? Like what? Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's the style or the themes necessarily. I think it's if it hits a chord. Yeah, right. Not a literal chord. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> stop. I mean. If it encompasses a feeling that is universally human. You're right, okay, yeah. You know, so if you can hear yourself in that song. But if you did it as, say, like. Or uh, like, someone else's story in that song. What if, but if it was like a disco-themed album that hit on themes, would that be universal? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Would that? Yeah, because I think that songs you, you would, so, the theme of a song and yeah. the lyrics and, and music, there's something in that song, whether it's the guitar lick or the hook, or a line in the chorus. There's something that hits a chord in energy. In a right. in, in, and and Oprah often says, and I'm getting really Oprah here, but there's only really one of us here. And I love thinking about human beings in that way because I think really that's why certain things catch on like wildfire. Because even though we come from completely different experiences, different backgrounds, different countries, different languages. There's something universally human and connected about all of us and yeah. the planet for that matter. Um, so what we do to the planet, we do to ourselves. And I think that idea that there's only one of us here really resonates when you see, I don't know, say John, um, not John Lennon. Um, John Legend. <laughs> no, John Bon Jovi. Paul McCartney. Oh, John you McCartney. You get up and sing Hey Jude to, yeah, right. to a crowd of, you know, thousands and thousands of people yeah. and everyone's singing those lyrics. Mm. You know, and it's, you know, that na, 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 na. Like, yeah. you know, ostensibly that, that, that those lyrics don't necessarily mean anything, but they do. They hit something yeah. universal in all of us. That's what I mean. Like, I, can it, I, it doesn't have to be just lyrics or just themes. Like, it can be a catchy song. Yeah, so I don't think it's it's necessarily, I don't think you can just sit down and say, I'll write an iconic song. No, that, that's that's what I'm saying, though, like. Yeah, that's really fascinating to me that, like, I'm going to write the definitive rock album. I'm going to write the whatever. Like, yeah, like, I, how? I don't know. I mean, obviously, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So, yeah. But I also think, you know, when you listen to Kev's music and when you hear him talk about music, it's spiritual. It's not, mm. and I think sometimes art, really great art, is transcendent in that way. Yeah. Like, it's not done to be famous or to be the best yeah. of the albums. That's often it's done very evident. Because yeah. it's telling something deep that needs to be told. Yeah. You know, it's something either within that person or something that they can see in the world that or needs like a universal to be told. truth or yeah. Yeah, yeah. that mm. needs to be said. And I think listening to Kev's music is an education, but it's also just it's like a big hug at the same time, as well as being heartbreaking and poignant. Is he still like yeah. doing stuff? Like touring and I don't know if he's touring. He's definitely still playing music. He he lives out in a property in um Queensland. Okay. And just kinda I saw him interviewed on the ABC and he's sitting there on his back veranda with kangaroos in the background. He's just this really kind of larger than life, kind of lovable larrikin. He said this line and it really stuck with me. He just was looking at the sky. He just kind of talks in circles about so many things in the space of a single sentence. Mm. And he was looking at the sky and he just said, oh, look at that look at that sun there, that's a spirit thing. It's such a simple sentence and I think but there's so much depth 
in what he says about that, yeah. in our connection with things, our connection with the land, our connection to each other. But there's also so much anger in his music too, rightly so. Yeah. A couple of my favourite songs that I think you definitely should listen to if you don't listen to the whole album. They're all on Spotify. This Land Is Mine. It's sung by Paul Kelly, Kev Carmody and then Kelton Powell. Just got these incredible lyrics. It's about the different ways that we think about land. And so Paul Kelly sings the line, this land is mine. He's really singing it from the perspective um, of a farmer, I guess, or a Western perspective of I've bought this land, I own this land, this land is mine. And then Kev's voice comes in and he's singing, this land is me. And, right, yeah. And this, and it's such simple lyrics, this land owns me. Yeah. Really encapsulates. That's it. That's an interesting perspective, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It really encapsulates, I think, the way that ownership is thought about differently in Indigenous culture, you mm. know. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting and kind of heartbreaking. So that's This Land Is Mine. Cannot Buy My Soul is covered by Archie Roach, right. um, who's another Indigenous artist in Australia, and it's just... That's the the album title. Brilliant. Um, what was that one? Cannot. Cannot buy my soul. Mm. Um, again, it's it's about colonisation, I guess, really, um, and the history of Indigenous Australians. Moonstruck by Sarah Stora or covered by Sarah Stora is just beautiful. Some of his music is just like poetry rather than historical narrative and it's just gorgeous. Blood Red Rose is covered by Kate Miller-Heike and also Claire Bowditch. Um, I love Claire Bowditch. She's one of my favourite artists. So I really enjoyed that cover. Um, You interviewed her. I did interview her on Just Make And then you saw her at a cafe and you chickened out. (laughs) She she recognised you but you didn't go up and say hi. I was too terrified. I know. Mm. Anyway, From Little Things, Big Things Grow was covered by Electric Fields, which and that has been raved about. Yeah. um, uh, they speak in language in that particular song, um, and so it's a it's a really interesting reinterpretation of what is a really iconic Australian song. And the last one I really enjoyed was "On the Wire," that's sung by Troy Cassadaly, who's um, um, another country artist in Australia. So, anyway, give yourself some time, go and have a listen. I really, really enjoyed the. Do you think, uh, even if you're not Australian, do you think this is something that people uh, definitely? Enjoy? Yeah. I mm. think that's it's what we were going back to before that the yeah. themes are really universal I think I think mm. yeah not all the songs are even about indigenous Australia some of them are just about the planet I guess or enjoying I've heard of it <laughs> or some of their love songs or their love songs mm. for the land um anyway I really cool. enjoyed them all right that's my recommendation hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a this is a, this is a quick just a quick one if you don't mind. Do you know John Rhys Davies? You familiar with him? No. He played Sala in Indiana Jones. He played Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Oh. He played Maximilian Arturo in Sliders, the TV show Sliders. I see. You know Gimli is like ah oh, and my axe. You know that guy? <laughs> do you know the actor? Yes, I do. He's great. He's like this larger than life. He might, might be Welsh. I think he's English. I don't know. He's from that region of the world. Anyway. 
Uh, he's got a YouTube channel and it's not like huge and his views don't have, like, he doesn't have massive views or massive subscribers, but he'll just come on like every few weeks or months and he'll talk about like acting stories or he'll talk about how he's doing in lockdown and where his family is and where he's at and what he's been up to. He talks about history, talks about life. Like he's got all these really interesting books and antiquities that he'll show and he's like, this particular sword is from this and he's like, and when every time you draw it, you have to draw blood or whatever and from it, and he just—he's just this really fascinating human being. He tells these like really compelling stories, and he's got that kind of theatrical kind of nature to him. So you just kind of like, just kind of washes over you as he like tells you these stories. But he's also like, also I'm an idiot. Like he's also because he's like because he talks about how he's done like panels with historians, and 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 you know who deal in historical artifacts. And he, he tells this particular story where he goes. Uh, Oh, by the way, like there's a Q and A at the end, and I'm sorry because a lot of the audience they're going to be asking me specific questions about Lord of the Rings or Indiana Jones or whatever, and so I'm really sorry that they because because I I don't know what I'm talking about, and you know, and you guys are the ones who have all this knowledge. And one of the guys said to him something like, "Oh, don't worry, John, we're we're used to dealing with fakes or something along those lines." And it's just a really like good kind of pick me up kind of fun thing that I think more people should know about. Yeah. And everybody knows that guy. I mean, do you know the guy? Yeah. You know I'm talking do. About? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's just yeah. one of those guys where he's not like Brad Pitt. Do you know what I mean? But he's like, he's been solidly working for like deck. He's in the first Indiana Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, re- it's a really great. So that was only a short one. I do have another one, but if you, if you want to jump in ahead, again? that's, it's just John Reese Davies, uh, YouTube channel. John yeah. Reese Davies, you yeah. all right, cool. Mm. Um, well, you can either go on with it. You go, you go. Did you watch the TV show Sliders? No, I still haven't watched it. You haven't watched it. It's from the nineties. I think you missed it. <laughs> it's still available. It's got Jerry O'Connell. Oh, I see. I Is that your recommendation? Yeah, the TV show Sliders. <laughs> we didn't have good sci-fi in the nineties. We had that. We had Sequest to DSV. We had Earth. Two. All right, I don't care. Those about that. were the three shows. <laughs> I have a quick recommendation. Yeah, yeah, go. You know David Tennant does a podcast. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, I keep yeah. forgetting. I should go back and listen it's to so more. Good. Yeah. That's actually what it's called, David Tennant does a podcast, which is what I love that it's called so blatantly exactly what it says <laughs> yeah. on the tin. Um, anyway, he does an interview. He's released his second season and he's done an interview with Judy Dench. Oh, really? It's just like two of the most beloved kind of um, British people. Are they British? I don't know. Yeah, he's Scottish. He's British, Scottish? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Somewhere in the United Kingdom. Um, and it's just delightful. Yeah. It's just a lovely conversation between two really likable people. Yeah. Like those two in particular are just so well the best loved. man. I got I yeah. to watch that interview show you talked about where he's being in, interrogated or whatever, um, the series. It's about like it's just they're in a room and they just interrogate them and it's oh, different people. Oh, like it's a drama. I thought you yeah, meant yeah, yeah. David Tennant, the man. Yeah. Just they're interrogated like, tell us in a about, room. Tell us all your acting <laughs> secrets, David Tennant. <laughs> You know what yeah. he's really good at? That's a crime show. Yeah. And it's, they have di- versions There's a new season next well. week and one of them is Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Ooh, sexy Kit Harrington. You know what David Tennant's really good at? And there's this movie <laughs> you called- You know nothing, uh, John Snow. That guy, yeah. They're uh, married in real life. They're married in real life. The game, we're talking about, of course, the Game yeah. of Thrones yes. uh, couple. There's this movie called Fright Night, right? And it's a remake <gasps> of an 80s uh, horror movie. But I think the new one's better, except for some dodgy special effects. But it's Colin Farrell as a, as a sexy vampire. <laughs> and he's like a serial killer in the neighbourhood. And, and Anton Yelchin, who tragically passed away, um, you know him from Star Trek and other things, yeah. uh, the new one. He was, he was really young. It was, yeah. uh, and uh, Tony Collette's his 
her mother and he knows that there's a vampire next door, but he can't kind of, he doesn't know what to do. So David Tennant's this like goth stage magician. So he goes to visit David Tennant and he's like, tell me about the dark arts or whatever. And David Tennant's like this drunk, like, like <laughs> sour, like just ridiculous looking, like a long haired eyelighted, like tatted up, like stage, like ridiculous, like Chris Angel stage <laughs> magician. And it's great. It's just like crossbows and vampires and shit. It's really good. Okay, yeah. I have a question. <laughs> this has always puzzled me. Why are vampires considered sexy? Because it's, I think it's that like they swoop into your bedroom at night and they're mysterious. Yeah, and but that's they can crazy. promise you. Yeah, but they can promise you eternal life and they're beautiful and whatever. And, are they though? And terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm blood. with you. I'm not. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. Is that what it is? I don't. Yeah, I guess. I know that. Um, you know, Twilight, all of those books that were supposed yeah. to be very sexy um, were based around that. Now, I'm not going to get this right. The yeah. author was Mormon, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I think that it's sort of based around that kind of idea of lust and forbidden Chastity and whatever, and yeah. Chastity and, and those kind of themes, which is why, you know, they love each other but yeah. he can never have sex with her or something because otherwise or he she'll can be eaten. Never, no, he can't bite her because then she'll become a vampire. So, the, 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 is it touch? They can't touch each no, other. No, they can touch, but they've got like a mental connection. I can't remember. I'm butchering Twilight lore, but yeah, it's um. There's something though. It, that but it's like, like it, it. It's this forbidden thing where he finds her intoxicating, but he he can't help himself. But he's but those vampires are considered like ve- ve- vegetarians I in the community. I'm gonna say something vegetarian. else. They're, You're gonna say what? They're vegetarians. No, they're yeah. vegetarians. Uh, because they eat, <laughs> they eat. Um, actually, it would be vulvatarian. It would be. As I've learned recently, your vag should actually be called your vulva. Okay, Did well, you know pass that? it. I pass it on. You, I think you said it on this very show. <laughs> well, but uh, and they only eat uh, like drink animals' blood. Vulvas. Yeah, they drink animals' blood. <laughs> and also, they're sparkly. But people who are like hardcore vampires, are like this is stupid. This isn't a real vampire. They're all stupid. That's all made up. <laughs> Let's not like you don't like this one. That's I understand. But like this, you know. I'm not a fan, but whatever. Oh, anyway, Fright Night. No, some of them could be really good. I like Fright Night, for example. Colin Farrell is a vampire. Are you kidding me? Ooh, Are you kidding me? Sexy. Yeah. All right, I can see it. If it's Colin Farrell, I'll go there. Yeah, absolutely, you will. <laughs> All right, so Fright Night was your recommendation. It wasn't, but you <laughs> no, should watch Fright Night. My recommendation was David Tennant does a podcast. Okay. With well, Judy Dench. Well, I can do one more if you want. Pause the show. I'm just going to say something. Go. I am sick of living with two boys that are so stinky. You and our son are so stinky. Everywhere I go, it's stinky. It's stinky everywhere. And I I know that's probably a very, um, not very politically correct thing to say, but I get so mad. All you do is fart around me all the time. No, I'm I don't. I'm in the house with farting it's, it's kids are stinky. And yes. men are stinky. Yes, I know. And it's gone <laughs> to the point where I get, I cried the other day because you farted in the room and it was so stinky. So none of this is true. I can't leave and I'm stuck you with the stench. You can't leave. <laughs> I'm just stuck with the stench. And then now our son says things like, uh-oh, it's coming. It's coming. Are, you leaving, are we leaving this in? Maybe. I guess we can. All right. Maybe because I'm sure there are some other people out there in this goddamn forsaken land. I'll have you know there, there are also people who are like all way worse than me, like actively out there, do, like, you know, farting in people's faces and stuff. <laughs> okay. 
That does not what that that's not that doesn't make me feel better. That I'm doesn't just saying. help the situation. So what I should be grateful <laughs> that's of what, the level essentially of that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. farting is what it is. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, your brother is pretty bad. He's too. awful. <laughs> he needs to get checked for something. Anyway, yeah. it, it does depend though, like if you his, use a lot of fruit and veggies. He's transcend time and space. Like I don't even understand. Yeah, they make me yeah. mad. I get I I've got to the point I used to find them amusing. Now I just, I get mad. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, that rant done. Great. Continue. Anyway, this is a TV show called uh, Unwell on Netflix. So it's brackets <laughs> Unwell, right? So it takes a, Unwell, yes. a story of James That's farting right. in a house. Fart, I don't even fart that much. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid you ourselves. Do, but they're always silent and deadly. <laughs> now I can tell the difference between yours and our sons as well. <laughs> like a brand. Yeah. Uh, well, here's mostly wheat picks, I'd imagine. <laughs> wheat picks based. So it takes a deep dive into the lucrative wellness industry, uh, which touts health and healing, but the products may not live up to promises. So it looks, there's different different episodes that tackle, tackle different things. There's one on essential oils, tantric sex, breast milk, but for adults as well, uh, fasting. It explores these things, but it's not necessarily, it's not an attack on each of these things necessarily. It does explore like the darker sides of each of them, but it also looks at the benefits of people who make certain claims. For example, the essential oils thing. Uh, one side they look at is the biggest kind of corporations in, a, in the US are essentially pyramid schemes. And once you get in, you know, you, then you need to get 10 people involved and then you start making money. You know, it's, it, you know how pyramid schemes, they're a scam, don't ever do them. And it's the people who were involved in that and the people who make money from who like who's really making fun money from it, you know the people at the the very top. But then on the other side of that, there's uh, there's a woman who brings her daughter into a, a naturopath, who and she has autism. And what they're doing, they're looking for certain scents which can calm her down and and help her sleep at night because she's quite active and quite fidgety. So they find the ones like these roll-on ones that are quite tactile that she can use. And then this is helping her sleep at night. So like she'll apply them herself, you know, on her wrists or whatever, and that will kind of and that scent will give her like the the trigger to now's the time to sleep you know what i mean and so it's helping her kind of adjust and and like live a live a healthier life so it's it's that it's that kind of that's that that's the way it's kind of looked at so it's not all doom and gloom and like this is all poison or this is all terrible for you it, there are there are other sides of it so that there are other examples for like tantric sex and there's you see all these horrible stories about people being pressured by gurus and cults and all of these kinds of things and doing things they don't want to do. But then there's other people, healers who do it and they use it as like with partners together to as like to deal with trauma and to kind of open up to each other and all those kinds of things. You know what I mean? And you don't have a guru being like, you have to have sex with everybody in this room <laughs> or whatever, which there's terrible things have happened. But again, it's one of those things if you use it properly, you know what I mean, then there are benefits to all the things they talk about, including like breast milk, like adults drinking breast milk and the benefits and the science is like the way that they talk about it. Again, I don't know anything about the ship, but, um, but that you can like, you can have it, but the benefits of breast milk are for an adult or nothing. Like the, the proteins are things that are in it. You can get in literally anything. You know what I mean? Like there's no, but then some people claim like one guy in particular that, He's, he used it to help his cancer go away and all these kinds of things. Oh, and that's dangerous. It's dangerous, exactly, and that's the thing. And, look, it seems to have worked for him and the data that he presents works for him. So I'm like, whatever, man. Like, But then there's people online who are, you know, who are selling it. So, like, they'll package it and sell it off to people and then, 
and that like sometimes it'll be contaminated or spoiled or all these kinds of things. Like there's real health risks with that side of it. But then there's other people who have like a local source. There's like a woman in the community who will sell it or whatever. And so it's just, it's fascinating. Like this is not my area at all, but it was just really interesting to see the different sides of things. And that it wasn't just like all of this is bullshit, you know, which is mm. my go-to on anything really. But yeah, I found I found it really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is really I, – I particularly, as we were talking just before, respond to scent. Yeah. I'd really get that. I understand that. Mm. I've got some roll-on scents that I use for when yeah. I need to um, feel calm mm. um, or at different points. And I think that it's a really powerful tool, particularly – I find for me I've got a really heightened sense of smell. Oh, yeah. So I can like, – like when we had that gas leak and you walk in, you're like, oh, I can smell anything. I don't know. Now, I, now I'm like I never doubt you because there was a gas leak. Yeah. Like legitimately. So now I feel like do you smell this? And I'm like I don't but you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. And I can go around the house and you can't smell anything and I'm like there is something no, mouldy somewhere. I'll like somewhere. I'll notice if you – Point it out. I can be like, I think I can, but like, I wouldn't. Yeah. Whereas pick to up me, it's so overwhelming. Myself, yeah. Even the fridge, the fridge can be shut, yeah. but I'll know there's something off in there because I can be like, there is something. It's crazy. Yeah. It's and it was yeah. like when you were pregnant, it was like even more like oh, heightened. Yeah. It was awful. That's mm. when I got really mad at your farts, <laughs> like really mad because it's just so, it's so overwhelming. But also the converse of that, like at the moment, it's. Just becoming spring, and this oh, is one of my really nice, favorite yeah. times of the year because the air is just full of this like beautiful kind of fresh. I know it's flowers, and people are like, eh, of course, flowers smell nice, but it's not even that. It's like it's the flowers, but it's the pollen, but it's the grass kind of growing, and the the rain smell. You know that smell that rain gets just before it hits. Absolutely, yeah. It's just every time I walk outside, I do like a. <sighs> It's really kind of nice. Thing. It's so lovely. So yeah. anyway, I don't know how we got into that, but that looks, sounds really interesting. So where can you That's find that? That's on Netflix. It's called Netflix. Unwell. Fantastic. Yeah. Unwell. All right. So, well, that brings us, I think, to the end oh, of the show. Oh, thank God. Good, good. And you know what the thing is, Claire? You can actually review the show. It's in-app. And if I can open this no up, way. I can actually do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Real? It's so true. Uh, this one, this one is f- it, five stars really helps. This is from... Uh, J F J F N F H C N C N M C M C. Five stars. This is James's best podcast, and also his wife is there. So there you go. That's a absolutely what a what a stellar uh, recommendation. We appreciate it. So that does really help the show. It helps on charts, probably. Does this chart? I've no idea. I've never checked. Presumably, it does. It's probably one of the best podcasts in the world. <laughs> mm. Oh goodness. Okay, so I have an email. If you want to email the show with your suggestions, oh my god, I love emails. Love to hear that. This one is from Sarah Duran. Hello, Hi, Sarah, Sarah Duran. James. I've never written into any kind of show before, but I thought of a recommendation for suggestible, and something in me said, "Why not? Why not? Why not?" What a Sarah? good attitude! Absolutely. I'm Spanish, but I've lived in Scotland for some time now with my Scottish partner Josh. So either way, we're listening from across the world. Whoa! I know. Amazing. So my recommendation is mostly for Claire. <laughs> Sorry, no. James. I know I'm in charge of emails, so sucks to be you. It's a book, <laughs> Tetraology, called The Cemetery of Forgotten Books. They're some of my favourite books of all time. They're originally written in Spanish but have been translated into English as The Shadow of the Wind, The Angel's Game, The Prisoner of Heaven and The Labyrinth of Spirits. 
They have adventure, mystery, and a lot of love for literature and books. So if you don't know them yet, I think they'll be right up your alley, Claire. Thanks for helping us stay a bit sane with your suggestions and your positivity throughout these mad times. I hope you enjoy the recommendation, Sarah. Claire will. Uh, because obviously I'm not allowed to read that because it wasn't directed for me. So what do, what do I you do? I think that sounds fascinating. I'm so interested in that. I'm going to see if I can get a copy on my Kindle. Yeah, you should. Excellent. Thank you. All right. That's been us here in lockdown. Yeah, this has been Only us. Only a day late. Uh, I know. Look that means we've got to record even earlier. That means we've got, oh, my God. Look yeah. out for yourselves, guys. It's a full-on time. I agree. Correct. Anything so, else? No, that's it. Well, let's go home. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. That was abrupt. Well, that's, you know, let's not, let's not waste people's time, you know? <laughs> right. Everyone's busy. So long. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean... If you want, it's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.